Welcome to It's Art, Let's Talk About It, a podcast sponsored by the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. Located in the heart of the Texas Hill Country, the museum is dedicated to the preservation and promotion of the American West, especially through the art of the West. In this podcast series, we will visit with artists, art collectors, and gallery directors working in the Western art genre. We'll talk about the history and heritage of Western art, and we'll talk about why talking about Western art is so important. I'm Daryl Beecham, the executive director of the museum, and I'll be your host for It's Art. Let's talk about it. The podcast is a member of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. In this episode, Daryl visits with Rick Kennington, a Utah-based artist whose Western-inspired artistry was deeply influenced by his personal experiences and loves for the state history. He uses elements such as lighting, design, gestures, and color to create aesthetically pleasing compositions. I know you'll enjoy this episode of It's Art, Let's Talk About It, with Museum of Western Art Executive Director Daryl Beecham. And today on It's Art, Let's Talk About It, we're joined by our friend Rick Kennington, uh, Utah painter, and uh, we're so excited to have you, Rick, join us on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Daryl. It's a real honor. Let's start by, by asking that that question, I think, is in the back of a lot of people's minds, and that is, are you one of those guys, like my friend Jack Sorensen, the CA artist, who told me once he knew he was going to be a painter from the day he was born from three years old or are you one of those people who it developed over time how did you get to a point where you decided i'm going to be an artist i didn't realize that you could be like an artist and make a living (laughs) (laughs) i make a living at this my god i you know they had art in school but i just remember being in like fourth grade and I remember my older sister was drawing some pictures on the kitchen table and completely fascinated with, with her skills. And she's three, uh, four years older than I am. And so I, I just remember just thinking how amazing it was. And I, so I tried just watching her the way she did it. And I tried doing it myself. I had a picture, just a self, like a school picture of myself and did a self portrait drawing fourth grade. Yeah. And I took it to school and, and I remember my teacher just taking it and thinking it was amazing and seeing her reaction. And she went and made photocopies and distributed it to other teachers in the school. And so that was the first time I realized, oh, this is, I'm acknowledged for something that, yeah. that, that I'm good at. And so that was like the starting point of me understanding, hey, this is something that I can get behind. And, but uh, all through high school, I was always into to art and I credit a lot to my art teachers and in school and they really uh, paved the way for me. And, um, but it was always, yeah, I've always loved drawing and, and sculpting. I did a lot of sculpting in high school, but I never touched a paintbrush until college. Really? Yeah. So. And that's in Utah. Yep. Yeah. At the Salt Lake Community College of all places. And. Right. Yeah, and I have no money. I'm young, and uh, teacher sends out a list of all the supplies that's needed, and I go spend pretty much all my money on art supplies. And 
I had an idea of drawing, but man, painting was a whole new thing. And But I'm stubborn, right? My paintings were not good, but I have just, I was stubborn enough to keep at it and keep trying until I got the hang of it. But it took a very long time. But yeah, that's how it started. My love of art and painting for sure. And, but I've always looked up to these great artists and thinking, man, I would love to be something like that one day. And, yeah. um, but I keep at it. I feel like I'm just actually just starting. Yeah. I talk to artists all the time. who have been in doing 50 years. They, what's your best painting? It's my next one, right? Cause I'm getting better. I, mean, I yep. think I might actually be able to make a living at this. Yeah. Yeah. One, day, one day I'm going to be able to make a living. I'm going to be able to make a living at this. Yeah. But was art what you had decided in college that you were going to do? Or was there another career path that finally in art was a transition at some point? Um, yeah. Art was more of a transition. I had a full-time job and I got married young, had kids. And so I need to get food on the table. And um, What were you doing? You mind me asking? Yeah. So Parks maintenance, parks and rec. Okay. Yeah, which is a great job. In the last six years, I've been able to really start moving my work and really started to uh, do things with it. And you know, it's uh, I've been doing it for twenty something years, but I'd say the last six, eight to six years, it's been something that's uh, been more of a professional, I guess you could say. We have a lot of people who like to listen to the podcast, and they will. They're waiting on this moment, and that is that moment where we say, if you want to play along, you want to see Rick's work, in addition to the two or three pieces we'll put on our website and are currently on our website, how do they find your work? Is it rickkennington.com? Yep, that's my website, rickkennington.com. Sometimes I'm slow at getting latest pieces on there. Probably the best format is Instagram. Okay. I tend to put most of my work on Instagram at least once a week. Couple times a week, though, is what I. We have a lot of people say that. A lot of artists will say that we want the person sitting at home with their laptop in their lap. They've got three or four things going. They're listening to this podcast and they're going, "What kind of art does he do?" And, and they'll they'll get mm -hmm. in there, and hang out, rickkennington.com, yep. and find it. That's K E N I N G T O N, right? Yep. And I believe the Instagram is just at Rick Kennington. So if people are interested. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we'll have pictures on our website as well. But you'd say the last six years, there was a got to be a moment where you say to yourself, I can do this. I'm going to do this full time and devote my life and career and my yeah. family's well-being to it. Well, I really got to credit my wife because she could see uh, my potential. I couldn't quite see it as much as she could, <laughs> in my opinion. And she could see my drive and my love uh, for artwork and and she would just really get at me, get after me. And there was a, a workshop for an artist that I just absolutely admired. And, and she said, you, you need to take this workshop. But it was at a really, it was a far, it was a good travel and it was a pricey location. And I was just like really reluctant at doing it. And she, she says, you have to do it. So she made me do it. And God, it was just one thing that led to another. And and her continually supporting me and helping me and encouraging me, I think made the big difference. And you remember who the workshop was with? That's Jason Rich. Really? In, yes. in Montana. Yeah. 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 So yeah, great. Yeah, one of the great painters. And yeah, you 
you can actually a little bit of his influence in your style. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Jason is, is a great guy and he's, yeah, he's an amazing painter, super, super talented. But yeah, I've been following his work for a very long time. He's very, yeah, he's inspired my work for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, as well, a bunch of artists has, has been very inspiring for me. Who do you think get a shout out? Who were your early influences in addition to Jason? Oh boy. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I remember being in my young twenties and like walking into a legacy gallery in Jackson hole and just being like, I could have spent multiple days in there just studying yeah. everything I see and just yeah. <laughs> love the work. But I, I would say Martin Greeley, Grant Redden, Jim Norton. Boy, there's so many. Um, Chad Poppleton. Oh, a lot of CA influence there. A lot of Cowboy Artists of America influence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Bill Anton, you know, he, he's not in the CA, but sure. he's yeah. always been, his work's always inspired me. And yeah. And, and then you have like landscape painters that I've really admired is like Clyde Aspavig, Scott Christensen, things like that. Yeah. And then there's just so many other artists that aren't, that, that I don't paint, but man, I just, admire their work but even though I, I is terrible for me because i get so addicted to it, i just look at so yeah i just go down rabbit holes all day long and it's good and bad it's bad because it's it can suck up a lot of time but it's great because man i've been opened up to so much art and so many influences and i've learned so much and um anyways it, i could go on and on about all the artists that i love and admire so how would you describe your art Western, obviously, is, is part of the genre. Yeah. Uh, is it more figurative, loose? Mm -hmm. you, you tell me. How would you describe your art? For people? When I first was starting out, I was very timid and very tight in my work. I'd spend a long time on paintings and, and really try to get every little bit of detail in. And I was still not very, I'm still not satisfied with, with my work. But, but back then, I was just really hard on myself. And but I was just always drawn to artists that could paint accurately that representational art, but do it in a way where it looks effortless or it looks like the, the least amount of brushwork as possible, but still create something that is very recognizable and accurate and just pleasing. Right. And, so, and I've really had to work at that. I really had to loosen up and that's a real skill to to go from being real tight to a looser painting and i'm still just scratching my head at times and working at it and trying to figure that out yeah sorry i'm going down a, a rabbit hole but in a nutshell yeah i would say i'm more of a i try to tend to paint looser more painterly but still a, a very accurate depiction of my of the western life i've seen some commissions that you've done portraits things like that you've done work that's I guess not your fine art that we think of subject matter. If you could paint one thing, what's the, I guess the better question is what's the one thing you have to paint? I, I love painting the horse. Yeah. I just love it. And I think the reason why is because I'm, I don't feel like, I feel like there's still so much more that I need to do to get to the point of the, being confident that I can paint horses. Right. I feel like I'm just starting and, and 
every day I'm learning something new on, on painting horses, you know, and, and that's what I love. I love the challenge. I love, um, it's just something in me, you know, I would like to try to get better at land. Honestly, I'd like to get better at painting everything, landscapes, and, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess to answer your question quickly, yeah, it'd be the horse for sure. The horse. What about yeah. cowboys? Cowboys or Indians? Both. Love painting both. Honestly, it's uh, just it's just fun, and it's it's a passion for sure. What about structures? Are you are you one of those guys that wants to leave out the structure and let the landscape tell the story? Or I've, I've seen structures in your work, but if that your perfect painting is it a cowboy and Indian confrontation on the plains or? Or is there a downtown scene involved somewhere? That's a good question. And man, I really admire cityscape artists. Like I just, I can look at that stuff all day and I just, it blows my mind on how well, cause, and you could get caught up in all the details of painting structures and, de and details in that. But the ones I really admire are the ones that can leave out a lot of that, of the, the detail, leave out a lot of the uh, chatter and just hone in on the, the small parts that really complete those paintings. And, and I'd love to do that sometimes is get more into painting cityscapes and things like that. But uh, yeah, in my work, I, I really would love to, what I like is to have people look at it and be able to relate to it and have it touch something inside them, something that speaks yeah. to them. One of my favorite things is when people look at my work and they say, yeah, I've been there or that, that speaks to me or that I can feel what is being communicated here through this piece. And it's going to be different for all kinds of viewers, but I think that gives me the most joy is being able to uh, get to the point where people, viewers can look at it and relate to it in some sense where a lot of it is, oh, my grandfather grew up on a farm and that looks just like his horse and the way he rode. And that just means everything to me. And that's how it is for me too, of admiring my grandfather and, and his horses. And, but that's what I aim for is something that evokes emotion in people and, um, or people can actually look at it and, it spurs up maybe nostalgic feelings or just that sense of belonging somewhere. I think I don't want to pigeonhole the work too much, but it's so helpful for people, listeners to understand a time period. I mentioned my friend Herman Walker. He's a, a painter here in Texas and he paints mostly contemporary today's Cowboys. Mm -hmm. They're, they've got a, a watch on their wrist and, wearing a baseball cap, right? Yeah. He paints those guys. And then other people paint the 20s, the 1900s to the 40s. Other mm -hmm. people stay before 1900 and paint yeah. you know, immediately post-Civil War kind of situation. Do you have a, a place you find yourself gravitating to or is it just all over the board? I'm Honestly, I'm just all over the board and uh, because both fascinate me and and a lot of my contemporary work has come from models from some of my friends and when I admire their work and the way they ride and their horses and their, um, and the ranches that they work and 
so I, that's a big part of me and me growing up helping my grandfather on his ranch. And that was always been an impact of me. So I like that contemporary uh, cowboy scene, but, and also I, I come from a rich heritage of pioneer stock and I love learning about history and Utah history. And so that the 1800 cowboys and things like that. I really enjoy that too. And so that's also been inspiring for me and, you know, and a lot of it, and a lot of it, frankly, I take a lot of reference photos of cowboys and things like that, and I'll go through it. And sometimes it is just what the lighting and what the design and the gestures of models and how the light hits the horses and, and the color. And if you can orchestrate a nice design and composition with, with, and, and focusing on good value color and range, like sometimes that's what I'm looking for is, is something that just really works in a, an aesthetic manner. Everybody just joining us. We're on its art. Let's talk about it. Our guest today is Rick Kennington, Utah painter. Good friend of the Museum of Western Art. And Rick, you got some works in our current exhibition, the 40th Annual Roundup Exhibition and Sale. Uh, we appreciate your support in that matter. Um, and let's tell people again where they can find your work, rickkennington.com. Yep. Yep. That's my website. And then Instagram at? It's at Rick Kennington. Okay, just that simple, Rick Kennington. So I, I want to make it easy for people to go out there and look at your work and acquire your work and appreciate it like we do here at the Museum of Western Art. So. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. Appreciate that. What about your regular, your day? Are you one of those guys that gets up first thing every morning, paints and paints all day? Or is it a morning routine or an afternoon routine? Or does it vary day to day? And for yeah. those young painters out there who are listening, do you paint every day? No, it's, it's a uh, very sporadic, <laughs> but I like getting up early. I'm a morning person and I'll get to it. And, but I don't, I really don't put brush to canvas more than like an hour or an hour and a half at max. Cause it, it's draining on me mentally. Like I'm really focused and honed in and I just, I don't know if I just need to build up more stamina or what, but uh, you know, but I'll take breaks, get some exercise and do stuff around the house, get back to it. And. Yeah, I don't have a, a rigid routine at all. It's pretty much all over the place. And that's been fascinating for me as I interview artists and art people. Um, everybody's day varies. I talked to a, an artist recently and he's he treats it like an eight to five and he is going to take a 10 minute break at 10 o'clock and lunch and then a 10 minute break at two o'clock and at 5.30 the whistle blows. And then I've talked to other people who say they may wake up in the middle of the night and go to the easel and paint from two to six. And I've, just, just, yeah, I've, I've done middle of the night painting as well. You can't sleep. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm pretty sporadic for sure. Are you what you would consider a fast painter, slow painter? I, I would say I'm, I'm a fast painter. I, I've had other artists say that I put work out pretty quickly. So I guess I am in, in that regards, but. And, and I tend to paint a lot of smaller pieces and so, yeah, I can look at something, um, and really try to uh, hone in on, on minimal brush strokes and try to not noodle it is what a lot of artists say sit there and just, just really work at the detail. I'm more of a stand back and try to put one big brush stroke down, look at it, see if it's in the right spot and, and move on to the next. 
do you work on more than one work at a time or are you one of those guys that has yeah. that's it that's all you do i usually have three going at a time one's all three are at different stages one's almost done one's kind of in the middle uh, and then one's maybe just beginning or and then i have hundreds and hundreds of sketches and drawings and ideas that i'm trying to work on and um and then sometimes you come across something that's okay yeah that that works and let's try to work make this little sketch into a painting so do you, yeah, go, so, do you go to a lot of photo shoots reference materials how do you get your inspiration for what you're going to paint yeah so to, uh, uh, few artist shoots few photo shoots in south dakota and those they're just a blast and they're fun and it's fun to meet the other artists that show up and it's fun to see their work that they are able to retract from those outings and and been to other workshops where models are hired and we're able to do photo shoots as part of the workshop and then a lot of like i said earlier friends are able to are willing to pose and help me create some ideas on some paintings too so it's from a variety of areas where I gather these references. You like painting historical scenes? Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, a few years ago, I was really fortunate. I painted a, a a museum here in Utah. Commissioned me to do a painting of it's called the Bear River Massacre, and it's of a Shoshone tribe, uh, a band of Shoshones up in Cache Valley that there was just a horrible massacre that was hundreds of these band members were murdered and there's not very much information regarding it and so they were able to commission me to do a picture and i was able to complete a painting and met with one of their one of the tribe's descendants and he helped i met him on the site and he walked me through the story behind it and that was a great honor to be able to create that and have it displayed at the museums. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do more of that too. I, but that, that was probably the bit most significant historic type painting that I've done. Most of the work, a lot of the work I've seen of yours is, has been a smaller canvas. Yet mm -hmm. for our, our exhibition, you did paint some medium sized pieces, some mm -hmm. uh, 2436 kind of yeah. situations. What's the smallest you paint? What's the biggest you paint? Does it matter? Does it all over the board? Yeah, it's pretty, I'd say the smallest I do is like a little six inch by six inch piece. And those are real fun because I feel like there's not as much invested in it. And so you can really just relax. And if you mess it up, you're not out much time, which I think helps make a nice piece because I'm able to relax and not stress about the time invested in it where the bigger pieces is a little more stressful because it, yeah it's going to take a lot longer you're investing a lot more time and so you're a little more tight and uptight about it and which i think can get in your head and it, it, sometimes it's harder to get better results with uh, larger pieces in that sense and i don't know that's just my theory but it seems like smaller pieces sometimes turn out better and i think it's because I'm able to relax more and just experiment and paint without worries and without stressing and shows. In addition to the Museum of Western Art Roundup exhibition, 
that you do? What other shows? Where can people find your work out there? Every year I, I go head up to Montana for the March of Montana art show. I've uh, been in the, it's the Out West art show, the Heritage Inn, and I'm back in it this, this 2024, I'll be there. And they um, moved back to March. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the auction's back in March, so that'll be great. So looking forward to that. I've done that every year. Uh, I was there for a number of years as the director of the C.M. Russell Museum. And oh, yeah. I, I spent my four years there trying to get it moved to the summer because March is so cold and so nasty. Yeah. And yet they did that right after COVID and now they're moving it back to March. And I think that they're probably right. It's a unique time in Montana and it really makes it focus on the art. And so I was pleased to see them go back to their tradition. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. You do, you do one of the studio rooms at the Heritage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Was, uh, a lot of great artists up there as well. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's an honor to be part of that, and I, I look forward to that. In addition to that, and the Museum of Western Art, other shows? Other shows, I, last year I did the NFR show in Cowboy Christmas down in Vegas. That was a lot of fun. I just got entered into the Coors Western Art Show, okay. which will be in January, and... Other than that, it's just been smaller shows here and there. There's one every year we have here in Utah, the Zions Bank, which has been, it's been surprisingly amazing, good show for artists. And yeah, not too many shows. Um, What's next for Rick Kennington? What, where are you headed with this career of yours? I, th I think it's starting out brilliantly. I, I love the work and it's gotten a lot of positive response. Where do you take it? Right now, my main focus is I just, I really want to get better as a painter. And I, I'm sure that's cliche. I'm sure every artist, that's their mantra, right? But it truly is. I just, I feel like I am literally just starting. And so I feel like I got a long road ahead of me and I'm, I'm getting on that road and I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to try to be as good of a painter as I can. And so it's going to take a lot of learning, more workshops, more studying, more just more practice. And I, I feel like the more I delve into it, more opportunities arise. And I mean, everything to this point, it hasn't been planned, right? It's just, it's almost like the more I work at it, the more I hustle at it, things just arise, opportunities arise. And I just hope to be prepared for when those opportunities do arise, that I can be ready for them. Whether it's creating really good work where I can enter in, in bigger shows and or other different galleries and things like that. I don't know. I think the main point from this point on is I'm going to try to paint horses better, paint cowboys better and learn design and composition and values and color. And just there's endless amounts of studying that, that I can improve upon. And so that's was this philosopher Yogi Berra that said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. Keep working and, and work at it. Right. Yeah, you can't sit down and be like, this is, here's all the little steps that I'm going to take. You can, and, and you can help guide you, but really things just happen the more that you just keep at it and learning from other artists and building relationships with artists and collectors and galleries and shows. It's just, it's so fun. It's fun too. I'm really enjoying the friendships and all the learning and 
growth and stretching and it's just it's a real it's real fun it's a fun yeah, it's, it's not easy it's not easy it's challenging right it's it's not a walk in the park it is very yeah and you and i talked about it when you first met one of the things that i love so much about being in a museum of my size right the museum of western art is that getting a chance to meet if you will new or younger artists and watching their careers develop and giving mm -hmm. them an opportunity to be in a, a major show a good yeah. show and I think that's always fun. And so it struck a chord with me when you and I first met about you come up and say, Hey, I, here's my card. Here's who I am. And take a look at my work. And we did. And, and now you're in the, in the Museum of Western Arts Roundup yeah. exhibition every year. We appreciate that support. This is your opportunity to do a shout out. You mentioned, you mentioned the wife earlier and her influence in yeah. getting it all started. Talk about those people who are important to you. And you want to say, thanks. This is the opportunity to do that. Obviously, my parents, they they were always supportive of me. Sometimes I feel like they were a little too supportive. <laughs> I was the youngest of six kids, and I think they were just, you know, just like, whatever you want to do, that's great. And, and they really, they would buy me the art kits and, and drawing kits and books and stuff when I was growing up. And so they were very supportive. Um yeah, so shout out to my parents and God, all the teachers and the and other artists that that I have admired that have welcomed me into their homes and studios and been able to guide me and mentor me and point out all the things I'm doing wrong has been amazing. I really appreciate all those in my life doing that and helping me and supporting me. God, I, I could go on a, on yeah, no, it's all it's day on, on, already on the misses and the the children families important to you. Yeah. 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 My, yeah. My kids. Yeah. Everyone's been very supportive. It's been a lot of the collectors too. people who've bought my work early on when I was just starting and I was selling at very low prices it was enough to keep me buying supplies and, and enough to keep boosting my confidence to keep going. Um, man, I, I've really got to, thank those early collectors and they know who they are <laughs> and really appreciate them. And yeah, I, I'm just so grateful for so many people in my life that have helped me to get to this point. So, so if it, it would be safe to say, we're going to see a lot of Rick Kennington in the next number of years. I hope so. For sure. <laughs> I hope so. For those of you listening to the podcast, it's rickkennington.com or at Rick Kennington on the social media we encourage you to go out there and look at the work get to know the man get to know the artist rick it's been fun getting to know you and it's been fun having you on the podcast and we at the museum of western art we wish you all the success in your career people want to see your work through october 28th and i don't know when this podcast will air but our catalog will stay up and that's got works on, on two pages and got your work on it we encourage people to go out there and do that and we hope we see you for a, a lot of years coming up over over the next lifetime of your career it's, it's going to be fun to watch thanks daryl and I, I appreciate all that you've done and you've really helped me and kind of further my career and much thanks to you for that appreciate it we appreciate you guys and the support the artists give the museum and without artists there would be no museums there would be no galleries and i just can't imagine trying to make my living sitting down out of my, doing what you do, right? I, I tell artists that all the time. It's an amazing thing for 
me to watch. That means a lot to artists is, is yeah. people that, that appreciate the arts. And so <laughs> it's, it's what keeps us going for sure. So it's much appreciated. One more thing, it's museumofwesternart.com. We're located at 1550 Bandera Highway here in Kerrville, Texas, in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. We encourage you, Rick, and all of the artists to come by and see us. We want people to be involved in the life of this museum. Of course, it's rickkennington.com or at Rick Kennington on the social media. And Rick, thanks for joining us on today on It's Art. Let's talk about it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Daryl. All right. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of It's Art. Let's Talk About It, a production of the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. We hope you'll visit the museum in person. We're located at 1550 Bandera Highway in Kerrville, Texas. Find out more about us by going to www.museumofwesternart.com. And we hope you'll join us next time for It's Art, Let's Talk About It. The podcast is produced by the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.